With all of the stress and confusion going on in the world right now, I thought it would be a good idea to repurpose some of my old audio story content. For those of you that don't know me, you may not know that before I became a voice actor and podcast producer, I had a business called Mindspace. We won't go into super detail about it here, but I created a complimentary podcast dedicated to outlining human emotion and having conversations with people in my life. During this time in our lives, my husband and I were living in an RV on the coast of Oregon while he worked at the Bureau of Land Management. So, you know, when the husband's away, make a podcast. I'm a huge fan of Jab Abumrad's production style with Radiolab, so I took some time to emulate my podcast and the conversations I was having after what he did on his shows. I still go back and listen to these stories and discussions with my friends and family members because they truly moved me. My audio chops have come a long way, but it's fun and interesting to go back and hear how I did things three years ago. But from an online content creator perspective, repurposing content is super useful and important for making your old content work for your business. And these discussions are super relevant to what's going on in the world right now. Plus, it reminds me of all of the creativity inside of me, and hopefully listening to these will do the same for you. I've edited these episodes down and given them new life. To listen to more, click the Creator Series category on the right sidebar of my website. And if you're looking to collaborate on projects or need help repurposing your old audio content, reach out to me at hello at melaniescroggins.com. Welcome to the Creator Series. In this conversation, I sat down with my husband, Jeremy, to talk about adaptability and his experience hiking the Appalachian Trail. I learned so much and honestly, from a creator standpoint, had an amazing time using his Foley that he got on trail. So sound effects, people talking, music, all of that kind of thing, and utilize that in this story. I hope you enjoyed as much as I have. Here's my conversation with Jeremy. drinking some rum don't worry about it (laughs) what inspired me to hike the Appalachian Trail that's like one of the things that people always ask just why why and I think my kind of go-to answer was always why not our current circumstances play a major part in allowing us the option to try something new when our current endeavors fall flat sometimes we start thinking outside the box so before I, I through Hike the Appalachian Trail. I had been in the Air Force for six years, and uh, my job was inside of a modular building in a cubicle farm uh, without any windows or anything, and I just sat at a desk, which was very much the opposite of what I thought joining the Air Force was going to be like. I thought it was going to be this kind of, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to travel the world, and it's going to be amazing. And I was stuck in Georgia. (laughs) And... Not quite what I thought. That's when I got into hiking, and I literally Googled hiking trails in Georgia and saw that there was this 83-mile trail in Georgia called the Appalachian Trail, and I was like, whoa, 83 miles? That's I've never been backpacking before. That would be interesting. And then I wikied that and saw that 83 miles turned into over 2,000 miles, and it stretched all the way into Maine, and I thought, what? Why? And then I read what thru-hikers were and that thru-hikers are the ones that hike all the way in, in one setting, not one setting, in one, Technically one, in one go. go. Thru-hikers hike the whole thing in one go, in one season. What are these people doing? Why would they ever do that? And I couldn't get out of my mind. 
I started thinking. This was three years. I have three years left in the Air Force. I'm going to do this. And I didn't know if I was going to get out of the Air Force yet. I could never think of a good reason as to why to go do something. Logically, it doesn't make any sense at all. Like, well, yeah, I'm going to go spend six months in the wilderness walking 2,186 miles from Georgia to Maine just because, I mean, to be honest, it's not even like the most beautiful part of the country. There are some really nice places to be sure, but it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, fun the whole time. It wasn't really pretty. A lot of it was just slogging and monotonous. So why is just, just (laughs) because. So I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to find something else. I don't know what that's going to be, but I'm going to hike the trail and then find something else. And I think that was a little scary at first, stepping out of a good career. I was, I don't want to say I was good in the Air Force, but I was good in the Air Force. I was (laughs) was being promoted (laughs) Uh, a lot of people said, I mean, just from my character, the way the way I was in the military, I was a very good fit in the military. I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm back working for the federal government. <laughs> it's because I know the system. I, I know how to work with a team like that. I know how to be professional when I need to be. I'm not always professional. I'm drinking rum right now. <laughs> with my wife. Did I answer your question? Yes. Okay. I didn't actually know that. I didn't know that that's how you found out what the AT was. <laughs> that would have been that would have been a shock for me. Be like, oh, 83 miles turns in 2,200 miles. That's uh, that's uh, that's neat for a lot of other people, just not me. No, that's what I thought at first too. Crazy. I'm like, people do this. That's crazy. And then I became people. Side note: We also felt the same way about full-time RVing. We had seen the pictures, we'd heard the stories of other people. Other people, not us. And I think that's where the general we gets into trouble. We tell ourselves that we can't do something we want to do long enough that we start to believe it. And if we attempt to do that thing and fail, sometimes we give up for good. Most people, I think it's like, I want to say 25% of the people that quit, Mm -hmm. quit within the first 40 miles. And what do they call them? There's a term. Uh, Quitters? (laughs) <laughs> What's funny though is that when I when I first started learning about the Appalachian Trail, I thought of people that through hiked it in kind of this really distant relationship, like the almost like idols, like, oh my gosh, these people are amazing. They can take off the time and go do this amazing adventure. I wish I could be someone who could do something like that. And then I would meet through hikers and I thought, oh, this is amazing. You've you've through hiked the Appalachian Trail. Oh my gosh, uh, that's so cool. And then now that I've done it, and it was so normal, and I know the ins and outs of the entire process, and it was just a part of my life. It doesn't seem that special at all. Our desire to over-specialize the things we do or the feats we overcome is the reason why we've started handing out participation medals. What does that mean to someone who has done the thing, so to speak, accomplished something great? To them, it's not because of the medal. It's the doing. The Appalachian Trail is like you couldn't, you couldn't look at the whole thing in one bit it would probably drive you mad so you're just kind of focusing on what was right in front of you and what you had to deal with kind of in the the immediate sense so when you went into town you'd have to uh i would have to think about okay where am i going next week what do i need for this next week what do i need for today what do i need for tomorrow and then i'll think about that afterwards if i would think about the next six month all all in one sitting um i I don't, it wouldn't have been fun at all. I don't think I would have ever done it. I didn't always succeed at 
going along. I failed quite often, actually. But I think most of the time, um, we kind of just went into, I always call it the like this, this void, where I think that was one of the, the biggest things I learned from being on trail was going into this, this type of mindset where uh, my brain just went blank. And it was almost like a meditative state where uh, I, I wasn't aware of anything else but kind of the most important things. Which really, it's, it was really interesting because when I was walking, because I would walk for eight hours a day, um, that time would fly by and I wouldn't even really pay attention. But most of the time my, my body was just focused on getting water, getting food, resting when my body told me to rest. And then the rest of the time it just kind of shut off and I just walked on auto, almost like a... A dolphin hibernating, where they they just swim around with with half of their brain active. It's kind of what it felt like to, for walking most of the time, but only only later in the hike. So adapting to trail and trail life, I think was pretty easy because I wanted to be there. Um, I'm not I'm not the best. I mean, there are lots of different through hikers, uh, and Zach Davis, who who wrote Appalachian Trials, put it best. I think he said that the first month of hiking the AT is like a honeymoon. It's the honeymoon period. You're excited to be out there. You've been planning it for a while. You've been anticipating this moment of starting this through hike. And a lot of things can happen. And actually still to this day, out of the six months and 10 days that I was out hiking, uh, the first week, the first two weeks of hiking are the most memorable because everything was kind of more ingrained into my brain. After that, it started to become normal and routine, and I, I didn't really pay attention. It's very, very difficult for me to remember what it was like later on in the hike, especially towards the end because it was so normal. The adaptation on trail is that some of it's really quick to uh, notice. So when you first get out there, you're like, oh, okay, I have to get all of my own water. I have to filter my water. I have to carry all of my own food. I have to, everything that's on my back, I need to survive and stay uh, moderately comfortable so like a tent and a sleeping bag so I don't uh, freeze to death each night especially in the beginning because there was a lot of snow and ice when I first started and then other things are a little bit more subtle uh, you start to uh, since there's a lot of people hiking you join in what's called trail culture and everyone is kind of dubbed or given a trail name my trail name was timber and for six months my name was Timber, and six months later, it was weird adjusting back to Jeremy. Snow, lots of rain, heat. Yeah, the heat was the worst part. A lot of times, I remember there was an entire month which just straight up sucked. There was a heat wave coming through the, the Mid-Atlantic area, um, we're just going through New Jersey. New Jersey is when I think it was the worst, mainly because there were lots of, surprisingly, there were swamps in New Jersey with swarms of mosquitoes. So we were low and it was hot and, and swampy, so it was muggy. So it, it got up. There was one day, I think actually this was in New York, um, started hiking at 3 o'clock in the morning and was trying to get as far as I could before it got that hot. Ended up stopping at 10 a.m. and it was already 100 degrees. Uh, once had heat exhaustion, had to take two days off just to recover from that, and wasn't 
thinking too clearly about it. I was drinking tons of water, but I wasn't replenishing my electrolytes. But when you're outside for your entire life, basically, I mean, yeah, walking in the heat and you're expending a lot of energy and sweating a lot and you you don't have an opportunity to cool off. You'd be sleeping outside in 80, 90 degrees and you would still be sweating throughout your sleep. So yeah, that was the hardest part. The cold was, was a lot easier to deal with. Um, you just kept moving and you'd warm up and I had all the gear I needed. Uh, and then as soon as you stop moving, you throw on some extra layers or you jump into your sleeping bag and you're fine. I think that was, that was kind of one of the best parts of the experience was being forced into situations where you had to adapt in order to either survive or be as comfortable as possible. And I think the reason why it was my favorite part is that's the kind of thing, that's the kind of challenge that really kind of gives us this deep level of satisfaction in life. Because when we go through something cookie cutter, and we know what the results are going to be, and there's no fear in that. There's no surprise. There's no overcoming. There's there's no satisfaction from that. You just get to the other side just like you thought you were. But when you go into something with a high factor of the of unknowability, and you, there's there's fear involved, and that that takes courage. That takes something inside of us to go into something not knowing what's going to happen, and then getting out of that. That builds. That builds something special in us, that builds character, that builds confidence, that allows us to understand kind of where we belong in this world better. Just from something simple as, hey, the temperature's dropping and it's starting to rain, um, this is a kind of a tricky situation, what do I do? And yeah, you can, you can do a little bit of research, you can do some training, but once you get into that situation and you start to feel it in your body, that's when you really understand how how to deal with something. When life as we know it shows a different face, we can accept or reject what we see. If we reject it, there's a good chance we'll become miserable. If we accept it, we make room for growth. We make room for a new part of ourselves. And that is, that is I think that is one of the more interesting things about backpacking or, or doing anything long distance, is that you, you, you kind of, you intentionally put yourself in these situations where things can go wrong one way or another and when things do go wrong being able to pull yourself out of it and get to the other side and then talk about it and reflect on it and like having this conversation right now you know we we learned something and there's a story there you know driving driving to work or a commute every day you know how that's gonna go there's yeah. you forget about it as soon as you arrive to your destination if something something happens or you know I'm gonna decide to go a different way or a different means of transportation or just something else entirely different where there's a high degree of of the unknown then there's a story there you've learned something you've put yourself in a situation where you've learned something I think that's kind of the crux of adaptability is is you you learn something from it every time there's a lot of growth involved when I finished hiking it was more sudden and more unexpected than I had thought, and I think the problem was I hadn't even thought about it. So going to trail, I knew, and I was really excited. It was something I was looking forward to, something I intended to do, and I had been looking forward to. What time, what time of year was it? It was September. September 10th, 2013. Summoning beautiful Katahdin, the highest point in Maine. Just came around the corner, and 
saw Katahdin for the first time in 2,100 miles. Uh, started from Georgia, been walking the whole time just to see that and eventually climb up it, but uh, I don't know. My, uh, none of us could believe that we actually saw it when we got up here. It's beyond words. It's kind of just crazy to just see the end. Just to see it is, is something else. And finishing the trail. And it was, it was a very, very strange feeling because I had been hiking every day, well, almost every day, for six months and ten days. And it, I completely became used to it. Actually, a few months into it, I couldn't even remember what it was like not to be hiking. And then all of a sudden, I was on a plane flying back to Texas where it was still hot, still muggy, and I was leaving the northeast United States where fall had already set in. And I think the worst part was getting home and taking a shower in the same shower that I had taken a thousand showers. And I immediately felt this huge sense of unease that I was stuck somewhere. I was more comfortable sleeping outside than I was sleeping inside. And I was more comfortable with moving every day than I was with being stagnant. I think with hiking the Appalachian Trail, it was something very simple but very satisfying with just hiking north every day. A very, very simple goal. It wasn't easy, necessarily, but it was simple. So when people say you through hike the Appalachian Trail, I'm like, yeah, it was just something I did. Just like my time in the Air Force, just like going to university, or, or just like uh, being a park ranger now. It's just something I did. And I've sat down with some people who had questions about hiking the Appalachian Trail, and I, I tell everyone the hardest, hardest part about hiking the Appalachian Trail, through hiking the Appalachian Trail, is scheduling the time and putting a date on the calendar. And when I came home, I had all of these competing distractions in my life, and I didn't know what was important, what was a priority, because everything was different. I could get water from a faucet, I could eat from the fridge. Those things were stripped from my life where everything was just immediately available and I was comfortable. So then I had all these other things that I could do that I could pursue, but nothing was really, or nothing really seemed that important. And so I went into a bit of a depression and I had to kind of find something to pursue again. I was terrified of being stuck in a stagnant position, or not just terrified of being stuck, but being okay with being stagnant. And I think that's what frightened me the most was just being uh, readapting to a lifestyle that I didn't, like I understood that I did not like this lifestyle anymore. I needed to be moving. And after a few years back in at university, I started to go back into this stagnant lifestyle and I've become okay with it. And it's exactly the place that I did not want to be. Fortunately, that's changing a lot now. We're mobile, and I'm doing something that I never really thought I would be doing. But at the same time, I don't have the same kind of desire to go through hiking as I used to, which is really strange. I felt it coming back on the Penine Way, and part of me was like, oh, I remember everything I loved about through hiking, and I remember everything I hated about through hiking. I kind of slipped back into it without any problem, and 
I thought that was really interesting. I got a job before I, I went back to school. Fortunately, I was working at, a, at an outfitter selling backpacking gear. So I kind of had an outlet. And fortunately, there was another through hiker who had just hiked the Pacific Crest Trail. So we would talk uh, for hours every shift about our experiences. And that that helped a lot. And it doesn't happen to everyone either because my, my friend Lyle, who through hiked the trail with me, didn't really have a problem adjusting. He was ready to come home, and I think he was looking forward to finishing the trail and coming home. So, there it is. We've come a long way, and uh, it's good to see Katahdin in our sights, and I'm ready to go to her. And I think that was the big difference, is that I wasn't looking forward to finishing at all. I mean, I was looking forward to the big day and the summit, but I wasn't looking forward to it ending. But it ended regardless, and I had to come home and find the next step. And I'm moving on to the next thing. And I think that is is an even bigger lesson. A lot of times, things will happen. You you have to always remember that things will definitely end, and there has to be a next step. There has to be a next chapter, and you're gonna be fine. It's gonna be uncomfortable. 100% guaranteed there's going to be some adjustment required and that is going to suck to some extent but afterwards you're going to be fine and you're going to learn about yourself and how you operate in this world and a lot of people say yeah a lot of people say no I can't I can't take off work I can't I can't do whatever for whatever reason but if you really really want to do something you will find a way to do it I think the larger lesson from the Appalachian Trail was that huge tasks can be broken down into smaller segments. Literally one step at a time, one day at a time. You just keep chipping away at it. Decide every day, I'm going to keep going north. I'm going to keep going today. Oh, you know, I've got the norovirus. I'm going to take a day off, throwing up for hours, and then recovering from that. And then tomorrow, if I feel up to it, I'm going to keep going north. And eventually, after six months and ten days of that, you make it to Maine. We're taught to fit things into a box, into a schedule. If it doesn't fit into these preconceived notions, then our idea is maybe not valid. And I think having the courage to use your idea and make it real is the thing that doesn't adapt to us as individuals. That's the thing that changes culture. And I think once you're confident enough to be yourself is when we're as a collective confident enough to be uh, a collective. That's what culture is. Culture informs us individually, but ultimately it's the individuals that create a culture. I don't know how I started talking about culture. <laughs> <laughs> I think you feel like you're stuck in something. Kind of, this is gonna sound super corny. Does it feel right? And if it doesn't feel right, if you feel like you should be doing something else, but that thing scares the crap out of you, go for it. I think the thing that scares the crap out of us the most is the thing that we should be doing. If it requires you to get out of the situation and that scares the crap out of you, there's always a certain element of crapping your pants. I think that the unknown is the thing that we fear the most, but I think stepping out into the unknown is the best thing that each of us can do, especially when we feel stuck. We're just going out there and, and either traveling or trying something new, anything. A lot of it will just spark something inside of you to go and do the thing that you you probably meant to do regardless but right now this is the adventure
For all of the links and individuals mentioned in this series, check out my website, melaniescroggins.com, and click on over to the audio blog. You can click Creator Series in the right sidebar and listen to more stories. Thanks for listening.